0: Hi, I'm Darren Ride. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. Hey! Welcome back to Disciple Making. I'm Darren Ride. And as I'm recording this, my sidekick Tim Beadle is somewhere much warmer than the place I'm at though this won't be coming out probably for a month or so later. So Tim, hope you're having a good time, catching some sun. This episode is the audio version of a video I did for 12 Church, our new venture alternative model of church, on five commitments of a disciple maker. It really sums up some of the learnings we've had in this past year in disciple making and actually what needs to happen on the ground, what needs to happen in terms of our actual practices to be involved in disciple making. So take a listen, let me, let me know what you think, and if there's anything you would add or subtract, we'd love to hear from you. What does it really take to be a disciple maker? Hi, I'm Darren Ride from 12 Church, and we're just coming off a year of focused learning and application around the principles of disciple making. It's been a huge learning curve. In many ways, unlearning things I've learned after decades of ministry and decades of being a Christian and inputting some new information, ideas, and convictions that will help us be makers of disciples. And so today I'd like to share with you five simple trajectory-changing commitments that are required if we're going to be disciple makers. Commitment number one is a commitment to the Great Commission. Whether you want to focus in on the Great Commission of Matthew 28, where we're called to make disciples, going, baptizing, teaching them to obey. Whether you want to focus on Acts chapter 1, verse 8, receiving power when the Spirit comes on you and being witnesses, it doesn't matter. The idea is about joining Jesus on his mission and being committed to that mission. To be committed to the Great Commission doesn't just mean giving it lip service saying, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Being committed to the Great Commission means shaping your life around joining Jesus on mission. This cuts deep. I heard recently about a church plant, three-year-old church plant that started a church. They were on mission. They wanted to change their community, reach people. But three years in, the pastor stood up and basically canceled the church, setting it up for a restart and said something along these lines. In three years, we've moved from being a group of people on mission to a group of people who complain about the way the offering is being taken. See, we all want to make the mission about us. We always want to cater to our preferences and our comfort, and that is the exact opposite of being on a mission of any kind. It's not about us. It's fairly safe to say that most Christians are not on mission with Jesus, they have not made this commitment to the Great Commission, which then raises a very interesting question. Can you be committed to Jesus, but not committed to his mission? And if you're not committed to his mission, are you committed to Jesus? I don't think so. Commitment number two is a commitment to clearly communicate God's story, to clearly communicate the gospel, to learn how to do this in a way that could be understood by someone who is completely unchurched. And that's really the challenge. Now, it may be as simple as using something like Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We recently did a training showing how to share the gospel, the whole story from that verse. Or perhaps it might be as thorough as sharing the entire scope of history from creation to the fall to the flood. The nation of Israel, the gospels, the life of Jesus, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, the letters to the churches the imminent return of Jesus, the story of God in the fullest scope. But the commitment here is to commit to tell the story, to tell the basic gospel in a way that is understandable to someone who's never been to church, who's never read the Bible, who doesn't know all the Christian lingo. The more churched you are, the more scripture you've read, the more immersed you are in the Christian culture, the more difficult this is to do. Because there are so many assumptions we make about biblical knowledge, biblical terminology, the story of Jesus, the story of the gospel. This commitment to clearly communicate the story of God, the gospel, in a way that could be understood by anyone is a big commitment and a real challenge, but it's essential if we're going to be disciple makers. Commitment number three is a commitment to clearly share your story of God's work in you. In essence, this is your, your testimony, the before you came to Christ, the how, and the now. What is he up to today? And again, the challenge is to do this in a way that could be understood by absolutely anybody. And when you share your story, it naturally links up with the story of God, with the gospel. In fact, in many cases, sharing your story leads to an opportunity to share the gospel, and your story should have the gospel woven through it. In 12 Church, we challenge people to be able to share their story in 30 seconds, 3 minutes, or 30 minutes. In fact, if you take the time to write out your story clearly in a way that would take about 3 minutes, you will be equipped to share it in very short order, 30 seconds, or over a longer conversation with a friend. Maybe over multiple conversations with a friend. But commit to clearly communicating your story. This is essential for makers of disciples. Commitment number four, and this one might surprise you, maybe you've never heard of this. Commitment number four is a commitment to learn how to facilitate discovery Bible studies. Now, a discovery Bible study is a very simple method of studying scripture together with a group of people that doesn't require anything except the Bible itself. In fact, a person who is facilitating the study is not in essence leading the study. They're just facilitating it because people discover what the scripture says. This is very simple. It's transferable. And all you need to know are the basic questions to ask. Here's a simple outline. You read the passage. You have someone retell the story in their own words. Others fill in the details. Then you ask the questions. What jumps out at you? What does this story tell us about God, Jesus, or his plan? What does this story tell us about people? What about this story challenges you And encourage you. And finally, what will you do as a result of what's in this story? Maybe who will you share this story with? That's a discovery Bible study. And once you know that basic outline, you are never stuck to lead a Bible study in any context. And the beauty of this methodology is you have the scripture in front of you. Maybe you have it printed out, or everybody has their own Bible, or they have it online, and anybody can engage. One of the great challenges of Discovery Bible Studies is to make sure that the, the churched people, the Christians, don't insert things from outside that passage or things they've heard some preacher somewhere say about the passage or historical background. Deal with the raw word of God and allow people to discover who Jesus is and what he's done. Discovery Bible studies are currently at the core, at the root, at the foundation of many disciple-making movements around the world right now. They work in every culture, in every context. And I believe every disciple maker should learn how to lead, how to facilitate discovery Bible studies. Commitment number five is a commitment to pray and pay attention. A commitment to intercede. A commitment to listen for the promptings for the voice of the Spirit. What we're talking about here is a disciplined, Spirit-directed, intercession. Disciplined in the sense that you may have a a pattern, a list, a routine of intercession that you go through. There's a discipline to it. While at the same time being open to the leading of the Spirit in how you are praying, what you're praying, who you're praying for, and how you then follow through with application with being an answer to those prayers. This will often look like a prayer walk. Walking around your community, your neighborhood, an area where you feel called to represent Jesus, walking and praying and listening, talking to people, blessing people, maybe praying with people, praying for people. And whenever you're praying on your own, in the street, anywhere, constantly listening for the promptings and the voice of the Spirit and asking Him, How do you want me to represent Jesus right now in this time, in this place? While you're praying, You're looking for people of peace, those who are responsive to you, those who resonate with your story, who like you, people who can be an avenue into sharing the gospel with a wider variety of people in that area. As you pray, you look for opportunities to share your story, to share God's story, ultimately for people with whom to do a discovery Bible study. Praying and paying attention really starts the whole ball rolling. There is no disciple-making movement without a prayer movement. As you think about these five simple commitments, which one is a growth area for you? Are you committed to the Great Commission? Are you committed to clearly sharing God's story, clearly sharing your story? Are you committed to learning Discovery Bible Studies, one of the most effective ways of growing people up in the faith and in fact bringing them to faith? Are you committed to being a Spirit-directed intercessor? I encourage you right now to pick one of these areas the one that is your greatest growth area, commit to it, grow in it, and take the next step in joining Jesus all in on mission. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or christfollowerdna.com. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.